Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Hey guys, this is Anthony, and welcome back to the reality is where filtering becomes extinct. As you all know, the summertime is slowly fading away, fall is upon us, and winter is right around the corner. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff, but we all know what we can attribute to the winter time when the, the weather gets to going down, the temperatures gets to begin to drop. It's cuffing season. You know, it's that time of the year where you got to have that special someone after eliminating five to six other someones, male or female. We don't discriminate. And you got to find that one person that you can interact with on a one on one basis Kind of a Netflix and chill, Hulu and Phil type of situation where they could just be in your space for the next couple of months. Someone you can bring over to Thanksgiving dinner, someone you can take to Christmas dinner, someone you can introduce to your friends, someone you can introduce to your family. Cuffing season is real, people, and the prospects are real. And normally, you know that the the cuffing season, the way it happens, you know, it's kind of like the NFL draft. You got to have preseason. You got to see which woman, which man works out best for you. You got to find that person who's not going to be argumentative, that person who already knows how to show reciprocity. Sexually, you would like them to be compatible. Let's be honest. Cuffing season, sex is a big part of cuffing season. Not only is it about sex, maybe can can he or she cook? Can they can you cohabitate with them on a good level? I had a situation a couple of years back where I met this one girl and then I met another girl and I met another girl. So I had three. No, I'm not a dog. I didn't sleep with all of them. But I, I kind of managed on I kind of the way I figured out who I wanted to spend that cuffing season with was pure interaction and conversation. Could they entertain me? Could they keep me entertained? Could I keep them entertained? Were we compatible? Were they jealous? Because sometimes during cuffing season, you got to have more than that one person. And I ended up choosing this one person in particular. I won't say her name. She was awesome. The winter was great. She showed reciprocity. She cooked. She cleaned without me having to ask. And no, I'm not taking you women back to 1950. But it's always good for somebody to help you do laundry, do the dishes. But she didn't play games. You know, when she came over at 12 o'clock at night, she knew what she wanted. When she came over during the day on the weekend, she knew what she wanted to do. She wanted to watch movies. She wanted to hang out. She wanted to get something to eat. She knew. She came over at midnight after 10 o'clock, whatever the case may be. She wanted to be intimate. She knew what she wanted to do. She didn't play any games. And I think that's the biggest thing when searching for cuffing season to me. And we'll talk more about it on the show. But during cuffing season, you have to let people know what it is. You don't want to play no games with them. You don't want to misunderstand and you don't want miscommunication. You want to be on the same stage, on the same page of what you're looking for. And cuffing season doesn't have to end in, in December or January or February. We talk about guys cutting girls and girls cutting guys before February, before Valentine's Day. It's okay to fall in love during cuffing season if that's what you want to do. 
It's all good. That's all I got to say. We'll talk more about the show. Let's get to it. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Crazy fucking week for me. How has it been for you, Jesse? Let's just say I feel like I've been in and out, out and in. Take that yeah. out. That sounds like sex. It could, <laughs> but you know, no, it's been a good week. You know, I've been woke up every day, so that's a good thing. Yeah, it's always good, man. I just had those weeks. You know? Yeah, you definitely do. So I wanted to talk about the first thing. I wanted to say, you know, prayers go out to the families in. Uh, Roseburg, Oregon, who lost, uh, I think it was nine. They the, the fatality number was nine. It, it would fluctuate. Senseless. Yeah, it actually fluctuated. At first, they were like it was 10 that were dead, six that was injured, uh, six that was in critical condition, and then like 20 uh, were wounded. So, and then I think the final number came out where it was like nine that's dead, and then like uh, 20 that were wounded, or whatever the case may be. But I just wanted to say um, my prayers go out to the family, man. The condolences go out. Very empathetic and sympathetic to everybody who had to interact with that. Uh, it's a small town. It kind of made me think about like if it would have happened in Texarkana. Texarkana is definitely bigger than Roseburg, um, Oregon. But it's just one of those things like you never know. And I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, how do you even prepare for something like that? You go into college one day. I mean, you go into school one day. You pull up. You know, you're just interacting in class. You're walking around, and somebody just, just starts shooting for no reason because he, he – Normally, they said, well, from what they said, I'm not even going to use his name, but they were saying that he was mad with the world and the way the world was going. He was upset about his life, so he wanted to take it out on people. I don't think it was race-based or anything like that, but I don't think you can can, uh, prepare mentally or physically for that kind of surprise, man. You can. I mean, absolutely. You, you You wake up every day and you have an agenda, but you just don't know what anybody else's agenda is going to be. Um, I think that the impact, no matter where you are, how, however big your city or town is, it's still the same because you knew when you left your house, yeah. you said goodbye and I loved you to your loved ones. Yeah. And then now they're not coming back. Yeah. And so it's the impact is, it's probably, it, un, I'm sure it's unreal. Yeah. And it, they, they, I know it said his father, you know, was like apologizing and everything about uh, for what his son did and everything. And, and I'm sure he is sorry, but I think it also goes back to one of those things to where, like, know what the fuck your kids are doing. I think I'm just going to say it in white America. You, the kid can be like, oh, fuck you, daddy. I don't want to talk to you today. And they go in and lock the door and, and, and they could be building a fucking bomb <laughs> or like got guns. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and they planning something in the black community. Your parent, you say, oh, mama, fuck you. First of all, she's going to break your jaw by slapping you. Second of all, she's going to take the fucking hinges off the door. Yeah, and you're, you're not even going to have a door, your door ever, ever again. You don't ever lock your door. I don't ever care again. You, said, you never lock your door you're not in a black house. Yes. Who you're are not, you? You ain't paying no you bills. You ain't paying no goddamn <laughs> bills, so you ain't able to do that. So it's one of those things where it's like, I want to know what the relationship was like between the father and the son to where this was happening or this was cultivating and nobody knew about it. How well, do you I mean, not know? Is, is that anything that that someone let's say addictions yeah. addictions um just mindsets of people they thrive in isolation so i have no i have no doubt that him and his father they were probably disconnected and if they were connected it was only to a certain extent yeah to where he really never really got to know his son 
Um, and like I said, I just I speak on speculation, but yeah. a lot of times there's a disconnect if a person is driven to take the lives of somebody else. Because normally people, you know, if they're depressed, angry, a lot of times they'll want to inflict, you know, harm on themselves, but I to go out and take lives. I see people on UTA campus every day look like they two seconds away from snapping. And they could be. And I'm like, hey, how you doing today, brother? You need something? You everything good? Mindful, man. I speak to any and everybody. I'm not better than nobody. I'm not above anybody. Man, it, yeah. It was a guy. I was at a school the other day, and a guy, we were going to get something to eat, and, and everybody in the crowd was eating, you know, in the little group that we, we were yeah. in. You know, we got a few things from Chick-fil-A. Well, he didn't order anything. You know, he's a track star, you know, and I was like, okay, maybe he doesn't have the money to buy himself something. And I was like, hey, bro, if you need it, I got you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, no, I'm good. I appreciate it. I was like, all right, well, if you need it, I'm just letting you know I'm here. You know, and he, he said he had already ate. Maybe he did. I know I've told that lie before because I was ashamed of not having money back in the day when I was yeah. like, yeah. And I'm like, hey, I don't, you know, oh, I'm fine. You sure you already ate? Yeah, I'm good. I used to do that shit at your house. And it'd be come over there and your mama oh, cooking like, and it smell like. You pass up. Woo. Backbones. Apple pies. Sweet potatoes, yeah. some good peach tea. And okay, I'll be over sit there if you want to. Sit and I'll be over there talking about some, nah, I already ate. I'm straight. <laughs> and it's smelling like Mrs. Bear's bakery in that you bitch. You think I look like this because I kept refusing. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you know, but I let them make it, you know, because some people, you know, you have to let them kind of work to their own issues. But I just, getting back to the point, like I said, I just really, I, I, I don't have any words for that. But you got to pay attention to your damn kids. If I had a son. And I walk in there, and every time I walk in his room, he's doing something like he's he's very like swift about stopping whatever he's doing. First of all, I'm gonna assume: Are you masturbating? If you are, let me tell you how that goes. I you know I started when I was 13. Shit, yeah. You do not want him to fuck up while he's masturbating. I'm taking over for this. Uh, uh, Christian normally has this segment. He's on his way. I'll let him dive into that when he gets here. But you definitely want to find out what the hell your kid is doing. You know what I'm saying? You want to know what are you doing? I can talk to you about masturbation. You want to create a bomb? Let me tell you who to blow up if you want to blow some motherfuckers up. Let's really? figure out how you want to go about this. Let's, do this let's just not do innocent people. Let's let's target some people. <laughs> but you know, the the the, the police department with a strategy. Yes. <laughs> he does I mean, I like Charlemagne the guy and Andrew Schultz was saying on uh Brilliant Idiots. People like George Zimmerman, we should know what the fuck they're doing and where they're at at all times. And you should have somebody needs to be out there trying to clap his ass. He had to, so much leeway. Yes, it is unreal. You want to call Trayvon Martin a thug? Control. Yes, and he don't pull the gun on his know. girl. Pull the gun on his girl. He don't pull the gun on other people. After the fact. After, After the, the fact. fact. And then they said that some. Um, they were reporting that, and I heard this on Brian Edis, but they were saying that somebody was tweeting. I think the anniversary, maybe I could be wrong. I don't fact check, but. They said on the anniversary of Trayvon Martin's death, he even retweeted somebody's uh, picture of Trayvon Martin dead in the street. You he retweeted what? it. I, I can't. I now, can't. if that ain't some braggadocious shit. Obvious. I mean, like, he's taking this whole, he, he's just taking his whole platform. He's getting out, upside down. He's out of hand. Still, don't so, think. So, I second brilliant it is by saying somebody need to clap his ass, man. And I'm okay with that. I'm surprised, honestly. I'm, really it, that it hasn't, hasn't happened. And he, then that's what they were saying. They was like, all these people out here killing people, you know what I'm saying, why not go kill some, you know, you, it's senseless death. Go kill some. If you want to kill somebody, go kill somebody who deserves not People to be here. Matter. Go get them. Don't kill them. Don't go kill me. I try to serve the community. I try to put people on. I try to help people. I try to take care of my family that's around me. Yeah. Don't clap me innocently. Go clap somebody who's killing, you know what I'm saying, or who, or who doing heinous acts for no reason. Don't get, you know, don't be out there killing just innocent people. But I feel like, you know, he's probably had, 
he had to have had, and I know he had several uh, incidences where leading up to everything with Trayvon Martin and even after the fact, like you, I know you had close family was like, I always knew he was crazy. Of course. Oh, he, he was you crazy. always know when a motherfucker crazy. Know. They've already set the precedence. They've already given you a history of what they like to do and their tendencies and their isms. I mean, the dude was probably really weird to yeah. his family, but I'm saying he's giving you clues. Somebody yeah. needs to get him it checked into a mental institution. These are the things that you need to do. If you, these are just my signs of crazy people. Let's start in the black community because a lot of people don't really know how to find crazy people. In the black community. Oh, now, you already know hobos and stuff like that. You already know they're crazy. You you get that. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes they're and, and, by choice. Yeah. And so, uh, Artizi was telling me earlier this week in downtown Dallas, it was, uh, I don't know if he was white or black, but it was a guy down below in the subway area pulling out his dick, showing people. Oh, and, yeah. you know, some of the white women were like, oh, my God, that's disgusting. He's pulling out his dick and he's showing his dick. And, you know, they want to call the police on him or whatever like that and, and, and whatever. And I was like, if I would have walked by and saw him pulling his dick out, I'm like, damn, this nigga's tripping. Like, he wilding out. He just pulling his loaf out, just slanging and showing everybody. But Arteza was like, you know, ah, she said she looked at it as, oh, it's not that bad. And they were like, what do you mean it's not that bad? He's a homeless person. He's trying to get locked up because he probably doesn't have a meal. The weather is changing. It's getting cold outside. He wants a place to stay. A lot of people don't realize that a lot of, you know, they'll do nickel, like, uh, Homeless people do nickel and dime shit to go to prison. Not go to prison, but, you know, just go to jail for like a week. Things because they know yeah. they're going to need Yeah, like steal some gum or steal a cigarette or steal a bag of chips. Yeah. Like, what is he going to really do with a bag of chips? No, he want to get in there and get that bread and water, that bologna sandwich with a cheese and no fucking mayonnaise and a cup of water. Got a have a what? Chokem booty. A chokem booty. Chokem booty. What? Dry sandwich with bologna and cheese. A chokem Come on booty. now. <laughs> That's not exactly filled with fiber. No, it's not. A choking booty. I ain't never heard of that. That's a good one. We're going to have to use <laughs> We're gonna have to use that one, man. But um, Jeb Bush went on to say, too, he was talking about the Oregon shooting, and when asked about it, he said, look, stuff happens. There's always a crisis. The impulse is always to do something, and it's not necessarily the right thing to do. What the fuck does Jeb mean by that? What do you mean What's right? impulse is you got to act after something like this? And they asked him, did you feel like you made a mistake by saying that? And he was like, no, everybody wants to jump to a um, political level or a jurisdiction, uh, judicial level of changing laws like the Second Amendment, you know, the right to bear arms. And he was like, that's not always a quick way to go. I understand what he's saying, but I think you have to be you got to be you got to understand the context and the situation in which you're saying that. This is not the time to say that after 13 kids have been killed, nine kids have been killed, 20 injured, and it and it's something that they that had nothing to do with them. He completely removed humanity out of it. Exactly. I don't know what you say? You could be a staunch individual. You could feel like you know you're one way or the other, right or left or whatever. Yeah. But you are still a human being. Exactly. You can't tell me today that if one of your children was blasted and murdered right in front of you that you wouldn't want to act. Or change, or, or even consider a change of a gun law. Exactly. And this is a law that was implemented in 1791. Why the fuck are we not looking to make revisions of it? You we need to. It. You know what I mean? Like, it's 1791? Yes. Really? Yeah. When slavery was, was still necessary. going on? Absolutely. It was necessary. Yeah, it was necessary at that, time. at that yeah. time. It was kill or be killed. And the thing about it is, I think the reason I think a lot of minorities like blacks and Hispanics really look to have some of these, you know, Bill of Rights and things changed or, like I said, redacted or, you know, revised is because it was it was made in a time where it was only really considering white people and white successes. It wasn't considering black people. It wasn't considering Hispanics. Hell, it doesn't even consider Native Americans. We do a lot of talking about 
blacks and and how blacks are systematically oppressed and how hispanics are and latinos are mm-hmm. systematically oppressed but what about native americans you don't even fucking hear about them and they were the ones who were first here in america well they separated them and put them on you know reservations resorts yeah their reservations and to me it's uh, glorified but people are still people are still prison where you can come and go yeah people are still fighting over it what's good with you bro he said shitty no it's not shitty i just took an accounting test how you think you did on it? I want to say a joke, but it would be racially. <laughs> I feel very uh, Hebrew after that. You feel Hebrew? Yeah. You, you know, got the Hebrew they're great beard accountants. too. They, they, uh, they're great accountants. So. Well, that's a good way to feel. Then. It's, uh, no, I, I, I think it went well. Yeah. I think it went well, yeah. Well, that's a plus, man. Yeah. Well, we're talking about um, the Oregon shoot. This is Christian Evans, by the way, <laughs> just joining you from – no, just kidding. The Oregon shoot. Uh, not a good time to tell a joke, huh? <laughs> well, we've been cracking them in there. You know, we want to try to keep it light but informative as we always do. So, I mean, a joke is good. I mean, Jeb Bush is the punchline right now. So. Well, yeah, Jeb Bush seems to always be able to say <laughs> the wrong thing. Well, that pretty much I – mean, I was just telling somebody the other day, I was like, the Bushes can't do shit right to save their life, all the way up to Reggie Bush. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even get on the field. He can't get on the field. They can't do nothing right. They can't do nothing right, what bro. What is that about? Reggie Bush, he just stays hurt. He stays hurt. He fucked with Kim Kardashian, and after yeah. that, he wanted to go Curse. fucking crazy. Think about it, though. This is a way off topic, but him and Miles off. Miles about to fall. I was just about damn to it. Say, I knew it was coming. That's why I was about to tell him that Mike was about to fall. You know what? I'm hold just going to yeah, hold Yeah, just hold it like a preacher, like you're about to sing a solo. Um, everybody that dated Kim, for, uh, they, their career fell off. Yeah. Him, even Kanye. Kanye. I mean, Kanye, I mean, he is my dude, but it's like he is suffering right now. What's his name? What's that? Basketball Chris, whatever. Chris, uh, Chris uh, Humphreys. Yep. Yeah, they well, say he's heard a about him. Well, nigga, you really didn't hear about him before, before. he, before. I kind of heard was, about him because he a rebound. But, yeah, you know what but, I'm saying? But, like, she the one put him on. Well, well. She kind of put him on. All right. Well, I won't argue well, that. seems like she puts a lot on. <laughs> <Or> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Good for her. Well, yeah. And now sister is about to join in now. You know, uh, oh. is it Kylie Jenner? Just Kylie, turned 18? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want somebody. Tiger was fucking that before she turned 18, I'm telling you. He bought her a $350,000 Ferrari, Porsche, or whatever. He was fucking before that. If I paid $300,000, I done got some head at least. That's the least. No high fives and mm-hmm. handshakes? Nah. They were traveling all over Europe together. It's it's legal there, so. He was smashing, bro. Yeah, it's it's no doubt in my mind. I don't blame him. I mean, she's beautiful, but I, I mean, I just can't I mean, touch I bait. I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't. Bring myself to bang a seventeen. That's what I'm saying. I can't touch bait, but she's beautiful. Now she's eighteen. You know, I don't even know if I could bang an eighteen year old. No, I couldn't. I just told a story last uh, last week about you know this twenty year old chick that I met. That's very very nice, but uh, she's just too young, bro. There's no way I could do it. Whether I'm dating somebody or whether I'm not dating, it's just too young. Twenty is difficult, man. That's twenty is eighteen. Twenty is twenty. What kind of conversations do you have? That's that's what I'm saying. I don't now, need so, so, to necessarily talk, you know. See, that that's much. what I'm saying. That's all you can really. That's really all most older dudes would use a, a, a young girl like that for, for the most part. Look good, be quiet. No, nah, I, I mean that's kind of like 1950. Yeah, uh, she's very intelligent, but it's just one of them things where it's like you can still like conversation and, and stuff happens. It's like you know you may be thinking about buying a house, or you may be thinking about some kind of you know, adult decision and they trying to figure out if they want to eat noodles or a bologna sandwich or 
how much? I mean, how many more pack of noodles do I have? No, it's just kind of being hypothetical. But, you know, it's just like the the situations are different. The living situations are very different. Like, you could be with that person, and, yeah, they probably, you know, for me too, I ain't trying to teach. Like no, you gotta I teach a twenty. I couldn't date a twenty. You gotta teach like a twenty year old some okay, stuff, so man. If you met a twenty year old and she was teaching you, what then? That bitch is a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the dumb shit. Come on, man. Oh no! I've been in the game too long for a twenty year old to teach, teach me anything. some shit. If she so teaching me something, completely, I like. That turns everything around. If she teaching me something, I need to go back to my 45-year-old mentor who was teaching me things uh, and say, bitch, you were slipping. You were slipping. You thought you was teaching me something and you weren't. Because huh. a 20-year-old out here got you. I like how you running. called her a mentor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she trained me, That's bro. a great word for hey, it. She was teaching me the right way to go, man. You, you gotta know what I'm saying? It. You, you got to have get, a mentor. You got to get turned out. You got to. If you, as a young man. She almost broke my woman. back. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I I, I feel that. I Jessica, I've told you so many stories since know, I've been but I'm here. Just saying, you like, ought okay, to know. So if she's twenty and dumb, oh, it's okay. You know, we can just bang out. But then if she's twenty and she knows something, he, he's talking about sexual. We talking about yeah. We That's just, what I'm saying. Well, maybe she read a book. Maybe she's not a hoe. Oh, she just went. Who she cares? Oh, uh, you know. Every Zane book ever. I mean, if she's twenty and she can get out, that's actually a benefit for her. Well, I mean, yeah, that means she's like. It, that means that means like, she's like a, a you know she's a rookie in the NFL and she's Tom Brady status. As a father, I would want my daughter to be terrible. Yeah, at bed. twenty. Yeah, at I, everything. At everything. I Except for like academia. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But other than that, I don't want her to know how to do nothing nasty. Okay. But you know, I'm an honest person though. Even, somebody asked me. They was like, if you, yeah, somebody asked me. They was like, mine. They was like, if if you had a daughter. How would you how would you teach her like about sex or talk to her about sex? I was like, well, first of all, I would hope I would have a, a wife to where my wife, her mother, would be talking to her about that. But if I had to tell her, I'm gonna say, you know what? You don't want to go out there just giving it to everybody. But if it comes up and I'm being serious, you gotta suck that dick. You got to. Oh my god! You got to just be straight. I'm gonna put my daughter up on game. You got to tell her what it is, though. I'm gonna put my daughter up on game and look. I'd rather her be actual act. Of it, not like, hey man. You no, I ain't just saying you gotta suck dick, but you know, I mean, you got, you need to, but I guess I can say it in a better, like, I guess I could use better words. Hey, don't shy away from sex. You know, if you like him or you care about him, oh, you know, yeah. make sure there's some kind of reciprocity. Here, here's the thing: you got to be honest, man. Because I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah. I'm not teaching my, I'm teaching my daughter the game and say, hey, that's what I'm saying. You do not want to have sex with these dudes. Yeah, you got to teach unless them. they give you some real form of commitment, because I know. The game exactly, and if you just oh I like you I like you too. Let's no, I'm t- and that's what I'm saying. I'm talking from a perspective of like you know. I but that's just it. my daughter. Yeah, no, no, and I and I agree with that. I want to talk, and I, I agree with that. I'm skipping to the part of like if she's in a relationship, oh. you got to be showing reciprocity. No, I ain't just teaching my. I don't want to teach my daughter to be a slut. You know what I'm saying? Even though I had slut tendencies and I've done well, some a, slutty shit. I've done some. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if things. she did fall off and she had her streak, I would be like, God damn it, whoo. I understand. Would you rather your daughter be a slut or a lesbian? A lesbian. That's not a, that's not a cure all. That's not gonna, <laughs> I mean, I just she want, could be a slutty lesbian. Yeah, yeah, she could be. I, I'd rather. Be, uh, I'm not. I don't. That's there. that's a tough. That's, gonna, that's, that's not, very that tough though. Anything. It won't. I don't think so. I mean, you know what? I would want her to be uh, a slut or a lesbian. You know what? I would probably want her to be a slut because women can be just as aggressive and whatever as men. That they think this gay rights shit has helped them out? No, motherfucker, you about to see what it's really like out there. No, that just means strap-on sales have gone through the oh, roof. Oh, through the roof? 
I, my cousin, I got a cousin, and literally, she's beautiful. But when I see her, I call her Snoop. We call her Snoop back home. She be, man, she'll tell a nigga, I will take this motherfucker from you. I've seen her take girls from dudes. Snoop. It's, it's right. different, though. It's not so much physical. It's like a mindset. It's a mindset. Like it's just like a pimp. To, you you sell them a dream. Into, yes. You know, the woman's psyche. Well, she's stuff. already a woman, even though she, like I say, she look like Snoop. But, I mean, she carries herself like Snoop. But, I mean, she got something that these dudes ain't got. One thing that a lot of lesbians do have is confidence. Tits? No, a lot of dudes don't. No, they she lack. she a mouthpiece. Yeah, That's she got a mouthpiece. Because a lot of dudes, they, 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 <laughs> they don't have the confidence to talk to a woman. They saying the same old shit, or a lot of these dudes are using shit that they hear on TV or somebody else told them. A woman, a lesbian, lesbians that I know and that I met, they have confidence, man. Yeah, a lot of, I mean, I, I've seen that too, I agree. Man, but I've like seen. Like I said, at the end of the day, it's about. Wasn't that? With me and Artesia? At, at the end of the day, it's about the conversations. It's about me, man, me and Artesia went to Absent Lounge last weekend when you hit us up and you was like, where we at? We had just left Absent Lounge and it was, it was this, it was a, it was a bull dagger black woman and she had the finest white chick. I mean, I was like, what the fuck is going on around here? She had, she got to have a mouthpiece to pull that. Or this girl got daddy issues or vulnerable, but I just choose to say it's a mouthpiece because the girl could have anybody she wants. But she chooses. She chooses that. That. And she, there's nothing that she could give her. I, mean, uh, I, I never understood why a beautiful, you know, whatever lesbian, maybe she's not lesbian. A lot of girls aren't lesbian and get turned out. Yeah. Why do they date these ugly not maybe not bulldogs. Yeah, I don't get it. They look like me because of how they make them feel. There's something I can make you feel like that. Something that is like an inch and edge, a centimeter, or whatever. <laughs> that's so much better than what a man could ever do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that too. But I'm saying they make them feel a certain way, and if there's a comfortability and a security hmm. in that, to know that you're not gonna fall off face of the earth, you're not gonna face. And they can go purchase a bigger strap on dick than dudes have. I'm telling you, they can go purchase a bigger. I watched. The oh, porn. how you slid that yeah, in? Yeah, I watched the porn the other day, and a girl put on a strap on, and she was moving. I mean, she was moving up, thrusting those hips like she knew, like she grew up with the flap. <laughs> and I was like, God damn! That's not why women are just naturally more. Flexible. She said, "I'm the plug." Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm the plug, nigga. I'm the plug because she was plugging her ass too. I was like, damn! And she had at least a ten inch deal though, but she was only using half of that motherfucker. Only half. Almighty. You don't need all of it. I don't. You know that's not that's like that's not even fair. That's an unfair advantage. That's like Deflate Gate. Yeah, you know that's like it's unfair. It's nothing you, know, you can do about fucking, it, bro. That's performance enhancing drug shit. They ain't getting into the Hall of Fame. And she went out and purchased it, bro. And you can purchase them for like anywhere between like twenty five and a hundred dollars. I'm sure it's probably not that much. Yeah, no, it's not. I just wanted. There's to, no there's I no substitute want... for flesh. There can't be. There isn't. It, well, no, it's, I, I don't think it is. But like she said, maybe it's an emotional tie along with. Absolutely. Whatever else, because I mean, you that's know how, that's how a woman's body works anyway. Yeah, I don't care who you are. If you know what to say to me, how to say it, hey. And your stroke game is on fleek. And your she what? Was, stroke game, like she was just I mean, like yeah, she was just moving them hips happen. like real, and she was just that thing was just she was only using half of it. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I'm sorry, I had to watch it. Back to Oregon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deaths. <laughs> well, you know, we actually are past that. I mean, Chris, you could throw in, a, you know, throw your head in the ring on that real quick before we move on to something else. I mean, I can't say anything nobody else has, done, has said. And it's 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 unfortunate because we it seems to be happening like definitely way more like often than it used to. It's, uh, I mean, it's uh, between. I mean, it's it's just like I don't know. It's become 
a part of our American culture. So what do you think about what do you think about like the second bill though, like the the Bill of Rights? You think that should stand, be revised? Yeah, the Second Amendment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right to bear arms. Here's my thing, right? It's like yeah, it's been it's it's woven into the fabric of our country into what people think liberty is and what freedom is, because at the time when they instituted the law, number one, they had muskets. Yeah. And the people that had muskets, I mean, let's just be honest, right? There were volunteer armies, and there were the rest of the people that were farmers or did whatever. Yeah. So when they had the right to bear arms, it was so that the government didn't get too strong yeah. and the people could protect, protect themselves, themselves yeah. from the government. That was the nature and the context of that law. And at this point, every person in America can have Got a gun, gun, and you're not going to beat the United States military. At all. Because they could kill you and not even show up. You yep. have to show up. Drop they have these things called drones. Booty. And they, if they, you know, if they want, but at the end of the day, we have so many checks and balances yeah. in our government that we really don't have to worry about. Like it's a, it's a three hundred year tested yeah. uh, government. So it's like, I think that law has taken, like it's evolved into what it is now, to where it's like gun culture is more American than an actual American, yeah. like. A gun is more American than an American because there's yeah. more guns in America than there are actual people. People, yeah. Right? It's like, okay, I just don't I don't personally understand the gun craze. It was never a part of my family. It was never something that we were just adamant about. I get hunting. I think something about hunting is getting back to our primal roots. Yeah. But other than that, like just having these huge assault rifles and I just, just don't because. see what the point is, but who am I? I'm not going to say we need to change what's been woven into our fabric, but I think the bigger issue, and I think the issue is permeates in the other parts, is like there's a mental health issue in our country, whether it be somebody that's going to shoot up a school or it, you, this could be controversial or somebody that thinks they're a, a woman but they were born a man. Yeah. Like These are things that we deal with in our society that necessarily haven't we haven't seen before, I don't think, on the level that we're at. And I don't want to compare those two yeah. because one is heinous, right? But it's still like we have a lot of people suffering out there regardless. Mm-hmm. And mental health issue and treatment, I think that's really at what the issue is. It's not so much the guns. It's not. It's like when we identify somebody may have a problem, like it's hard to go get treatment. It's hard for you to admit it to yourself. So, you know, the gun thing, that's arguable. I think the purpose of the law or the or the constitutional amendment is way beyond its actual effectiveness. Yeah. But I do think, you know, if you look, if you peel it back, get to the root cause, like people have issues out here. Yeah. So I was talking to somebody earlier this week and they were talking. Well, first of all, I want to give out a, a shout out to uh, Joby out in Rockwall who uh, gave me the topic last slave week. name? He's a white guy. Oh. That was one of the names they give the new slave. Yeah, but he uh, he gave us the uh, insight to the uh, topic last week about being called a Monday. So I wanted to give him a shout out, man, about that. Black I, people being called Mondays. Yeah. yeah. So I, went, I hate Mondays. Yeah, I hate Mondays, and people didn't know anything about it. So when he told me about that, I was like, all right, I'm gonna run it. I'm gonna run it next week. So we ran it, and uh, I, I forgot to give uh, or attribute that credit to Joby. So I wanted to give a shout out to Joby. But we and him was actually talking this week about cultural appropriation. Before I can even get into it, what is, what comes to mind for you, Jessica, when you when you hear cultural appropriation? What I think, it's just at first, just hearing it. When I think about, you know, it's I think it's 
kind of like, uh, you know, when you think about films, typecast. Yeah. What What have I seen, and what do I expect you to be? But it's completely, completely totally different. wrong. So for me, when I looked at cultural appropriation, I thought about Molly Cyrus, Taylor Swift, Iggy Azalea. People say, why? Because they dress and say things that were taken from, like, some kind of black, Hispanic, or Latin culture, and they don't attribute it back to where they you know where it originated from it's like this new thing yeah it's like a new thing like the band two nights on um uh during um fashion week in new york and over in europe when they had the band two nights and the white models had their hair had their hair braided and all this stuff and they're like yeah it's nothing new it's 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 even like with the the butt injections and all of this stuff that's going on like black women and women of color have been having these bodies without being pumped full of cement and whatever the C word is <clears throat> that they use to put this shit in them. So for me, when I think of cultural, uh, cultural appropriation, is basically just taking something from another culture that you have not given its just due or attributed to. Somebody was, I read an article, I forgot where it was at, but it was the writer Zipporah Jean, who basically said, they said she said she felt like blacks culture, culturally appropriate from Africa, Africans, from Africa. Mm-hmm. And it was a dispute because they were like, how the fuck can we culturally appropriate from somewhere that we originated from ancestor, you know, like our ancestors? Well, and what exactly do we? Well, they were saying our like skin color. Well, they were talking about like Sorry. Uh, when we wear the dashikis, when we wear like the uh, different hairstyles and stuff that come from over there. But I was like, that's false, and everybody else was like, that's false, like, yeah, no and they was like, that's false anyway. Because when they do do that, or when you see stuff like Afropunk, they give the they attribute and give that. Um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but they basically give the dues and they 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 give the shout out to Africa and where this shit come from. Afropunk, they talk <coughs> about they wear like the African things and they do these African poems and they talk about where it originated from. But but the, here's yeah. here's the thing, our ancestors are African, so they was passed down as well. But they look at it as African. They they try to make it from the way they wrote it, or the writer wrote it, read it wrote it whatever was the, basically saying hey. It's it's you're you're wearing something that's originated in Africa, but it's like African Americans who are wearing it. So, which I still don't agree, and I get what you're saying because I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, our we, people came over here naked, yeah. but before they were here naked, they yeah. were wearing that shit. They was wearing the shit before somebody uh, basically changed us and a lot and and tried to push us or force us to conform to what the new land rules were. And I was just like, why the fuck? My whole question, I, I got to search far and wide to find me an African, but I need a full blooded fucking African. That feel I want to all over I, the place. Yeah, I know, but I, I but I want to get one in the studio. Well, get them here because I want to know why the fuck do y'all don't why y'all why y'all don't like black people? Well, that's a that's a bigger question that's beyond. I've had a couple of complaint. conversations. No, yeah, it is that. And first of all, as far as cultural appropriation, Africans come over here and assimilate to be an African American way more than way we wear dashikis yes. or do anything African. Yeah, I'll say that first and foremost. I do think blacks can take a lot from Africans as far as the way that they build their families and they, you know, promote education and, but whatever. Um, that is a good question. And I've talked to a lot of people and, you know, like the Africans that we probably come into contact in our generation, they're like second generation, right? Or would you call them first, second, whatever. Their parents migrated over here, right? And when their parents came, in a lot of cases, they got the most flack and hard time. Yeah. From other black people, yeah. from you know, African American yeah. people, um, and so that's because they you, weren't taking fucking showers, though, bro. Well, you know, I don't know about that. No, they were teasing their culture. They were teasing the way they sounded. <laughs> they were teasing their name. Yeah, yeah. M- maybe teasing. Maybe they weren't 
the hygiene wasn't there, but it, it was like they came over here and they thought at least we'd have an ally. You have a connection. And our, get slapped in the face. Oh yeah, and they got slapped. And it's like you you match that with like them coming over here for an opportunity because in their country it's just not there. Yeah. And then they look at us and say, right or wrong, right? I think there's a lot of issues that they don't acknowledge that we have to that we've gone through. Yeah. Take four hundred and five hundred years of you Slavery. know subjugation to yeah. breaking you down. Anyway, yeah. but they come over and say you got all this opportunity and you guys would rather go buy Jordans than actually pay for an education. Yeah. And that's where I think they're like, and you think it caused all this violence. So then their parents take on the same thought process as a white person or as an Asian person or as say, a, yeah. you know a lot of these other cultures yeah. where it's like they look at us the same way the stereotype. Of any other race, but you got to look at you got to look at getting to know the person before you fucking judge, and that's my whole thing because I've had that conversation with the African guy, and I think I told a story when we were doing the thing at, when we were at UTA, and I was just like, "Why are you staring at me?" You know, like I'm, and and he said the same things, bro. He was like, "Y'all it's, don't." It's passed yeah. from their parents. Yeah, man. he was like, I, "Y'all don't take uh, education seriously and all these other things," and I was like, "Yeah, some of them don't, bro, but that's not all of us. That's not all." And, of and us. you could talk about fucking Africans. Yes, they like to build their families, but the motherfuckers who be stopping in Europe before they get here. They fucking with white women. A lot I'll of them do. Even then, a lot of those African men have family, dual located oh, family. I was just about to say they that have shit. Family in Africa, yes. they got family here. I, I got. I, I know one like that. I know one got it here and got one there, or they'd be like, "She gonna come visit," and I'm like, "Don't you got one here though? Don't talk to me about shit. You self righteous yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, don't, don't join our fraternities, right? If, if that's how you feel, yeah. I don't feel that way. I feel like we should all embrace each other. Yeah. We'll only be stronger. But if if that's really how you feel. Don't join a fraternity. Don't join any of the stuff. And I that, like you know, African people, but some of y'all motherfuckers are some cocksuckers, man. Oh, my God. I'm Anthony? Just, hey. Really? I'm just calling I, it like it is, I, man. I, 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 <laughs> nobody's free from a tongue lashing. I feel like there's white folks, is. black folks. I would Hispanic. say there's some Nigeria. parents I would agree with you. Yes. They're just jerk. They're yeah. jerk offs. Yeah. I'll say this. I'm, I'm talking like this is one of my ride of eyes. And she's Nigerian. And, you know, we've been friends for... 10 years yeah. in high school and it took me a while to kind of understand her family because I remember I went to her graduation party I believe after she had uh, completed her doctorate Yeah, and it, it it was a culture shock for me but as we grew up like her mother and her father they were just kind of really you know kind of I won't say sad, well I'll say uneasy, yeah. uneasy yeah. like who is this where she come from yeah. who, what stock you got yeah. and I think that they had to kind of <laughs> get to know me to understand that Oh, okay. She is driven. She wants an education. She wants to do more in life than yeah. you know what she has here. She's not about you know how many Gucci purses or Coach purses yeah. you have. You know that hood rich mentality. Yeah. And so I think for just as Christian stated, for a lot of them, they kind of come over, but they've been slapped in the face, so they really don't know what to expect of you if you're not in you know direct family. Yeah. So and for her, with her, she's been able to to balance it because as they go to you know so many conferences and they kind of have meetups yeah. of the minds of yeah. networking and. Hey, you know this doctor over here? Okay, we're gonna have a conference in Vegas or wherever. We're just gonna meet up. Yeah. But I think that you know it's it's a, it's a learning curve. It's a learning yeah, process, that, and it takes them a long yeah. time to trust, especially if they've had to struggle. You know what I mean? And that's because what I was about to say because kind of like yeah. you know I'm on my own in this. I don't want to say his name. He knows who he is. He always tells me. But they can be, and they're yeah. very aggressive. Let yeah. me tell you. Now this one, the guy I'm talking about, he's from Trinidad, but he, you know, when he first came over here, he was like he he equated success with white people. You know, he's like coming from where I come from. You know, on the island of Trinidad, he was like, you walking around with no shoes on. You got people who are like, I've been around true poverty, you know. And he was like, when I came here, he came over first. I think he was in Baltimore. So you already know. He's like, in Baltimore, you saw more, uh, you know, like 
drug dealing and all of this stuff. He was like, so when I came, I equated with the Maryland side of the Baltimore area of the DMV because that's where, like, you know, white people were successful in doing this and this and that. And then he got into the service. I think he was in the Navy. So he's like, as I traveled the world, I started seeing white people who were always in power or always had this and this and that. He's like, and I did see black people. I just saw more white people. So he's like, I started equating success to that to where he ended up dating more white girls. He ended up marrying a white woman and so on and so forth. So he's a good friend of mine, but we often debate about black and white. Well, you ain't got to leave Trinidad to, to know that. White people yeah. in this world yeah. hold the power. Pow, yeah. You know? But it was just one of them things where he said, you know, I just, kind of like you said with the Africans, he was like, I saw a lot of foolishness in the black community. I saw a lot of drug dealing and this and this and that. And it's like, I, like I told him, I said, you have valid points, but more like I told him, I said, what what made you, well, you're going to know who he is at this point, or at least us in the studio. I was like, what I made you, yeah, yeah, I was like, what made you draw to me? You know what I'm saying? Because the tattoos, the whatever, whatever. He was like, well, the, when I first met him, we were having, we were taking a college course together in the summertime. And he's amazing in science and math, and, you know, all that shit. So I'm good in math, but science, I was struggling. And I came to him and I was like, hey, bro, you just seem like everything just clicks for you. I was like, how do you do this? So he was like, he brought me in and he was like, I'm only going to work with you if you're serious. You know what I'm saying? I was like, okay. So I, he made me meet up with him. Like, yeah, he made, yeah, he's like, and he made me meet up, you know, I met up with him like every Saturday at a Starbucks. And basically the way he taught it to me was he taught it to me. And he was like, if you could teach it back to somebody, then you got it. So I ended up passing the class, both the classes he tutored me in with like with 96 averages. So he knows what he's talking about. But as I was able to bridge into that friendship, we were able to break down barriers of how he looked at black people, you know, because like when he, when he finally really talked to me, he was like, you know, I saw the dreads. I saw this and that. He's like, I thought this, he's like, but I listened to you and I heard that you have, you know, he was like, as, as well as you're funny and you curse and whatever like that. He's like, I can sit down and have an educated conversation with you and you have a different side to you. One that he wouldn't have known outside of that. And I was like, but when I saw him, I didn't even really think about, who he was, what he did, what his mindset. He was just a black dude. He was just a black dude, and I was like, I relate to this black dude. And, I, you know, but it was like, like he, like Christian said, like, it, I don't know if his parents passing that shit down or whatever to where they automatically have a stereotype or a stigma about African-Americans that is not true. Go ahead, bro. So one thing I find just very interesting, and for right or for wrong, I don't think it's fair on how black people are depicted, because I can guarantee you if we went to Nigeria – and we lived there for a couple of years, and we got to see the worst of the worst in Nigeria, it would be way worse Fuck than the yeah. worst of the worst here. So that's not fair when you come here and you talk not about the people of, under the worst of circumstances. Yeah. Because, look, Nigeria is not paradise, okay? Not that government is as corrupt as any other. A, a lot of those governments in those other countries. Yeah. So I think it's unfair for you to come here from this, you know, even, even in a place like India where yeah. the people come here and they do really well. It's like, well, if you go back, you have this caste system where if you're born at the bottom of the bottom, you cannot rise to the so – there is no middle class, middle class, right? Class, yeah. you're, you're, and it's like it's not fair for you to come here and inform these opinions of us when you come from places where it's way worse. Yeah. So no, that's that just sense. my point. So uh, in tying cultural appropriation into uh, microaggressions, and, and, and I talked to somebody about micro that. Microaggressions. That yeah. sounds very yeah. intellectual. Yeah. I've never heard that word. What? Microaggression. Now, I'm surprised, bro. You know, you my you and Gary are my uh the uh li- the yeah lifeline. Well, but basically, <laughs> you would have failed this yeah. one. You would have been out of there. <laughs> but it's ba- basically what it is. Is like if somebody, like you said before, bro, where somebody talks to you and they hear you speak or they see how you carry yourself and they say they try to maybe call you Uncle Tom or be like, oh, you're proper or you're white. Oh, That's oh. a microaggression because if they get to know you, 
you're definitely for so black people. So that's the that it's it's the it's, it's the basically juxtaposition ju- yeah. of 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 cultural appropriation. Yeah. Or being or be being stranger. like some of the examples I had because I think it was Fordham University did a um they had pictures and everything they put them online and these were some of the things that people were asked and it was like um you're not or asked or stated you're not a normal black person you're different. I've heard that Artizia hears that all the time where it's like you you dress a certain way or you talk you know how to use correct english people tell me i have white boy swag actually when i was walking in here yeah the lady at the front i don't remember her name she's probably listening right now <laughs> she said she said some something and she's like are you from texas i was like yeah she yeah. was like you look like you're from sioux city iowa i was like what the <laughs> fuck you couldn't even yeah. say like the north yeah. side yeah you had to go to the whitest place in the whole sioux world city yeah I was like, I've heard that but and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. When, when I when I met her, I was like, damn, because you know I was fresh from Texarkana, and I was like, I was I was I went to Texarkana, I was in Atlanta for a little while, then I came here, and when I met her, I was like, where are you from, California? She's like, no, she's like, why? I was like, you talk proper as shit. And then I had been here for like seven years, and I remember going back home and talking to some homeboys on the phone. I called a couple homeboys before I came home. And I was like, hey, what's good, BJ? Uh, what's good, Jason? It's like, who the fuck is this? And I'm like, dude, it's Anthony. It's like, who the fuck is this white man? I was like, bro, it's what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And but it, that's how you get, I mean. Yeah. You, and it was like, you sound proper as shit. And I was like. What else am I supposed as to if it's a, like? uh, I, as if it's a bad thing. I don't understand. Well, I don't come out here either. and sling some rocks out here on the river. No, but it's not. Nah, river, you know, living <laughs> off a dirt road somewhere. I don't get it. <laughs> so yeah. I used to go up to Detroit because that's where my family's from in the summers. You talk white. You don't sound white. You white. You act white. Yeah. I'm like, what, what do you want me to do? Yeah, yeah. That's my it's my environment. Yeah. That's where I that's where I've grown up. That's this is where my parents teach me yeah. to speak. I don't think if you've lost your if you haven't lost yourself, I think it's fine. It's just like I was listening to a, a podcast and Jay um uh, Jason Williams, the one who played for Duke and you know, got in a motorcycle accident, he was talking about how I didn't even know he was from New Jersey. I think Newark New Jersey. And he was like when I went, he wanted to go to North Carolina, but North Carolina didn't pick him up. Excuse me. And he was saying that when I went to Duke, he was like, he got a lot of tongue thrashing about, man, you're Uncle Tom, you're a sellout because he went to Duke. And he was like, how the fuck am I a sellout? And, you know, he was cussing. I was like, damn, it was it was like he was in raw form. And he was like, man, I'm from Newark, New Jersey, man. He's like, no, I didn't sell no crack. No, I wasn't in no gang. But I know what the street corner is. I know when to get your ass home, when the lights is out, you know, when the street lights go down. He was like, my my dad taught me the game. My dad taught me how to be a businessman. He's like, when I went to Duke, it was because North Carolina didn't accept me. So why the fuck wouldn't I go to a school to where it has an elite program? It has an elite CEO uh, uh, base to where when I get out of here, all I got to do is go to a couple of meetups or a couple of networking events, shake some hands, and they can speak for me and say, put me where you want to go. Yeah, he was like, I was only in the NBA for a year or two, and I got hurt. He was like, I'm still good now because I went to that school. I was invested. People I met were invested in me and saw the potential because I put in the hard work to go there. How the fuck does that make me an Uncle Tom? He's like, I'm still the same dude. He said, but I know how to play the game. I know how to turn it on when I need to be on ESPN and do this and do that. He's like, and I still go to the club. I still hang out with my boys. He was like, you have to know who you are. And that's that's one thing we were talking about at work, and I think it's something that's coming up later, but yeah. it's like, do you lose yourself? Yeah. Some people might say you lose yourself when you have to live that somewhat double life. Yeah. You can't be yourself. And But it's like, well, that is me. I'm me all the time. Yeah. Some people I think are a little bit more – uh, like they changed quite a bit yeah. from back and forth. Yeah. They're professional to their uh, personal, but I, I personally don't see a problem with yeah. it. I think it's the reality of life. It is. And look, you don't want nobody on your phone 
if you're a business, even if hell, if I have a business, I don't want nobody on my what on up, the folk? phone yeah. talking like yeah. that. What up, folks? Every third uh, word is right? you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't want and, and that's what they were saying. That's what, what Charlemagne got. He's like, no, the fuck, I don't know what the no, fuck. No, I don't. Not me. Not me. <laughs> I need you to be able to hold yo, a conversation yo, and speak intelligently. <laughs> and no fillers. To get the business done. Yeah. yeah. There's no. To me, it's like. It's like people make you feel like you're, you know, no pun intended, no no harm intended, yeah. but, you know, schizophrenic or bipolar, but it's not. You yeah. have to be able to be fluid in this life. And I'm you still working on that, man. Migrate through different, yeah. you know, I'm not wor- people and businesses. But I'm not working on it. Yeah, I'm not working on it in, 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 from the perspective of, like, you know, business. I'm working on it as far as, like, my look. And I, I know I was in my African-American studies class this week, and I was talking to my teacher. You know, she has a PhD. She has long dreads. And. She's a university, you know, a university teacher, professor. And she was talking about how you have to play the game, but know who you are, you know. And, she, you know, I was just asking her, I said, well, what do you what do you tell a black man like me who has dreads? Not even the tattoos. I could cover that up when I go to work. I know how to put on a suit. I know how to look however I want to look and I'm OK. But what about my beard and, you know, my hair to where it's like I've been growing my hair literally like 10 years. You know what I'm saying? So it's for me, it's like it's not. Like I told her, it's not one of those things where I saw a little Wayne and I'm like, fuck, let me grow some locks. No, I did research and, and, and saw that it comes from, you know, African ancestry and it means patience. It means to endure things. It means strength. It means power. It means this and this and that. So, like, when I did this, like, I studied, I researched it and it did teach me patience. And it, like, I, you know, I tell our teachers all the time and my mom tells people who don't know me and Jessica, she know me 10 plus years. Bro, I was so fucking impatient when I got here. Oh I was erratic. Like, dude. And, like, when I started growing my hair and I started doing this and that, she used to wash my hair. Her mom would do stuff with my hair. And it's, like, it was so patient to, like, I was so vain. Like, it was hard to go through the stages of, like, looking like shit. She talks but all this. Did. That's yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, what but, is your problem? But it was so hard. But, like, even, like, Artesia, when I, she was, like, when you first came back, because I cut my hair and when I got the job at Nissan. And I remember when she first saw me, she was, like, everybody was, like, damn, he's confident, but he look like a fresh off the boat ass nigga. Like, this nigga look like he came fresh off the fucking boat. You had a little afro? On the, bro, it was nappy as shit. But you I rocked saying, it. Like, I just I got an edge I up and I kept going. But it was, like, people looked at it and saw confidence, but for me, when I woke up in the morning, I was like, fuck. I used to get, a like, a damp towel, put some shit on my hair and, like, rub it to where it was, like, how people doing this shit now where yeah. they're using the phone. Sponge, I was yeah. doing that shit, like, 10 years ago because I, I've and always... people were giving you hell. Yeah, now it's pe- and not everybody doing it. But it was like, I was doing this shit to, like, just be creative and not... I never wanted, like, that shaped afro. You know what I'm saying? Looking like fucking Florida. Oh, no, Richard Small. What's his name? Small would Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, I didn't want to be... Yeah, so I always did the nappy look and I kept an edge. You know what I'm saying? So on and so forth. But it's like, I, it taught me Florida patience. Evans. It taught me patience. You know what I'm saying? It taught me patience and it was like, you know what? You have to accept yourself even if nobody else does. So the growing the hair thing and she was just telling me, you know, how to be in corporate America. She's like, you have to you have to balance what 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 is it worth? You know what I'm saying? If you have a family and somebody says seventy thousand, you may need to cut your hair. You got to figure that out. But I think it's overblown. It is because one of my buddies, you know, Jonathan, mm-hmm. he's like he's like a little you know family member to yeah. me. He has dreads, yeah. and he got a job at the, the place I work at, which is very professional. Yeah, it is, and. He got a job See, there got, with dress. Remember, I got the. I told you, I had my job at Fidelity. Right. You know, it depend. A lot of these companies like Goldman Sachs and like Fidelity, they're like, they're 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 what's the word? Like they're thinking forward. Like they have a forward thinking society. They're progressive. That's the word. So like even last week, I went out with some of my homeboys, and like they're you know they're now managers at Fidelity and in high places. And even sitting there with them and having a good conversation, they was just like, "Man, we want you back. You, you come back. We in position. Whenever you want to come back." 
come back. And I was like, man, I would love to come back. But I was like, not right now because of where I'm at with school. It's so busy. And that job, you know, you work that kind of job. It, it requires a lot, especially from January to like April, May, like tax season and shit. It's crazy. So I was like, I thank you to where when I graduate, I may go back because that's where I made the most money. You know what I'm saying? And it's a good industry to be in. It's a respected industry. It's good benefits and everything. But I was just like, I want to come back when I know that I can succeed. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to come back and you put a word in for me and I don't do what I need to do because I'm so focused on school. And then I don't want to leave school to go back and say, let me make 60 grand and build my way up. But then if the market crashes, like what happened to me last time and I got laid off, I don't have my degree finished. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of them things where you just got to put, you know, don't put the cart before the horse. You know what I'm saying? So, but like Christian said, it's one of those things where you have progressive thinking companies. Not all of them do worry about it, but there are a lot of companies that worry about it. I've told a lot of people, I've had the interviews at CBS. I've had the interviews at Richard's group. And because of my look, I didn't get the position. Mm. And I wasn't, you know, even my mom being uh, like a supervisor at the state of Texas, you know, with the state of Texas and rehabilitation. She tried to give me a job. Came in. They loved everything about me. This was like three years ago, and they tried to push me. They was like, you got a great voice for radio before I was even doing radio. I was like, no, nah, I never thought about it. But they were like, oh, your hair. This was actually a couple more longer than that. That's when I had the thick locks the first time. Okay, ocean view, glass house, room full of heaters Dick game, make a faithful bitch start cheating A blessing to these hoes, got them praying for no reason Got real niggas with me and all my hoe conceited I eat it, beat it, then tongue wash cleaning A nigga start tripping, press some cleaners 52 niggas lined up, stay steaming Yeah, it kept coming out, man I was like, damn, I'm about to put this down keyboard on this side, bro you know, that's how you got to do when you're hitting and, and the meat too short. You got to be like, put this motherfucker on the side so it get in there easy. <laughs> it's all about formation, man. Angles. Right, you know what I'm saying? You you, you got to get geom- it. It's all geometry. It's all geometry, man. If, if, if you know, hey, got to get that in. acute. You got to hit that acute angle when you, and when lift, you got and, that And lift the cheek up. <laughs> or put them on their uh, stomach and, like, dip down. I'm going to dive in. All right, so we have, <laughs> we have to spread them cheeks. Uh, so <laughs> I I don't know who the fuck I was talking to. I think I was reading something and I was talking about, you know, when it comes, you know, Halloween is coming up. You know what I'm saying? Some people are already on Thanksgiving, you know what I'm saying? But we'll talk about what Thanksgiving really means once Thanksgiving gets closer. You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the slaughter and not the, the breaking of the bread. So we want to talk about, like, Halloween costumes that white people shouldn't fucking wear before i even i got a couple of things written down but i want to hear the first thing you think white people shouldn't wear during no blackface that's easy enough that's the easiest one that's the one that's really the only thing no blackface i don't think you should fucking dress like a native american no No you are white don't you fucking dare put on a native american outfit bro you cannot do that you cannot do that. And then a lot of the shit that they be wearing, like the feathered earrings. I forgot the girl's name, but she was talking about something this week. Well, th- it happened a couple months ago, maybe in like September uh, well, or uh, August or whatever. I know September. You're like, motherfucker, that was a week ago. But uh, if you go to Netflix and look at the description, if you can look online and find the description of what Pocahontas used to be, it basically, in general terms, it kind of spoke about like, a kid, uh, basically like people who came over and discovered a land and a 14 year old girl who basically was ran out of her land, fell, you know, found love through Captain John Smith. So this Native American chick who has her Ph.D. from Harvard, I forgot her name. I will. I may write an article about it because she needs to be known. She basically tweeted and just basically went on the Twitter and ran about 
how it really should be depicted. And they changed it. Netflix hit her up and it was like, hey, we apologize. We'll change it. So basically it now says something like uh, uh, greed, slaughter, stealing of another land. Uh, Pocahontas was able to find love with Captain John Smith because that's really what happened. And they never really talked like people, you know, people like thrashed her about saying, oh, you know, grow up. It's a fucking Disney movie. Just forget about it. It was a Pocahontas was like 12, no more than 14. She wasn't. She didn't find love. She was fucking sold into so slavery. John and Smith around. was like Tiger. Basically. Nasty motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, bro. And they try to make it like, oh, no, no, no. She, you know, she found love. No, she she was sold, bro. And people was mistreating her. And John Smith was that dude who was like, you know what? Like, you always got that good one white good person out of all amongst the, the shitty ones that's like, you know what? This shit ain't right. And he stood up for something. And, you know, no, no. I mean, the nigga was probably 36 in real life and she was 14. So he was still fucking with a kid. But, hey. He saved her. But they just wanted them to be like, be real about what Pocahontas Would really Would you call is. him Captain Saving Navajo? I'm not going to say that. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that. But I get where you're coming from with that. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. I like the way he slid it in, like, you know, like a couple weeks ago when I was like, Peel Cosby. Like, it, yeah. it come in and it's like, boom, it's right there. You know what I'm saying? It just, it works. You know what I'm saying? One thing, I, I, I know Christian, he been taught, we be talking on um from time to time, and I know you was talking about you want to do, like, the com- uh, comedic, like, stand-up. I really want you to do that, bro. You should go around here somewhere and see if you could do, like, an amateur night and do that, bro. I don't. The thing about it though is, I don't think you need to write material down. I think you should just do like real life shit, kind of like how we be talking. That's and that's how you got to do. Because if you think about it, that's how most comics are doing it now. And back in the day, it used to be Richard Pryor who really kind of took from his life. He was the one that made that intimate setting of jokes and fucking talking about yourself right. funny. Now but everybody does it. The only thing with like a stand up routine is like you kind of have to put. Kind of like what we do on the show, an yeah. outline. Yeah. Not necessarily the actual words yeah, detail, you're going to say, yeah. but say, and I'm going to hit that point, I'm going to hit that point, yeah. I'm going to hit that point. And through, the, you know, along the way, you you come up with, you know, you just really, I think what it is, and, uh, you know, I've obviously never done stand up, yeah. but it is like it's telling your life experiences and it's kind of being spontaneous about yeah. it. Because that's really, at least I feel like I'm the funniest yeah. when I haven't thought about it and it's just like the shit just came to my mind. This is going to be funny right now. And go down. Does yeah. that change depending on your audience, though? No. Nah. Like, you still going to hit the same point? I think you got day? to. White folks laugh at anything. You know, I think you, the way you frame it might change. Yeah. Like, if I'm talking to a group of black people. Oh, you better be funny. They're going to let your ass they know. They're going to let you know. Yeah. But I'm going to frame it a little different than white people or a mixed crowd yeah. or a young crowd. Yeah. You know, it's like. Because a black person be like, get this motherfucker off the stage. I paid $25 for this shit. <laughs> white <laughs> folks would just sit there and be like, oh, he's all right, honey. He's all right, sweetie. I'll tell you, I don't know, man. I've been to a few comedy shows. Black people usually, they're all right. They'll just be quiet. They won't laugh at your bad joke. But I don't know. You don't get that many hecklers. I'd have been to one. I, I forgot what the fuck Paul Mooney It's said. hard to be up there, man. I, Paul Mooney uh, said something so disrespectful. I, I went to a Paul Mooney one, bro. Uh-huh. And a, a white dude's like, man, you ain't talking. Because I think he was talking about Cleopatra is like Jesus is black and uh, Cleopatra is God or something like that. And the white dude was like, oh, that's bullshit. He's like, motherfucker, do I come into your house and fuck your wife and tell you how to do it after meals? He said something like so fucking like, and then he just went on like a 10-minute spurt about white people. And I was like, this nigga is never going to say anything again. In public, at home, like Paul Mooney went the fuck in. Well, that's what happened with Kramer. 
Michael oh, Richards. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, they, there was a black was heckling him, yeah. guys heckling him. And he took off. And he did the same thing. He yeah. went in on black people. He went in a little bit. I yeah, mean, what he, he said, yeah, he <laughs> went up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, when you get heckled as a comedian. I fuck with Kramer Dawn Seinfeld. I'm sorry. He, he was fun, it's one of the funniest characters of all yeah. time. I, I'm, I still, you can't I, argue with the I still art, watch you know? it. Shoot me. I still watch it. Nigga's funny. I don't know though. That show never had. Any, it's one of. It's probably my favorite show. It, but outside it never of Martin, had no black. Folk. Yeah, outside of Martin, it is man. Other Only than, time it, I other think than Jackie. The and lawyer. it had and it had like one baseball player, like a famous baseball player, like a Yankees player at Why the time. Why I mean, it's New York. I don't fucking know. But that, I mean, but you know, Jerry Seinfeld is funny, man. He don't he's get a, a funny. He's dude. a funny that motherfucker. Was, George Costanza. You know who I think the true people don't realize like the true like mastermind was uh, Larry David. Oh, That's the true him. funny dude. He wrote it. I mean, did you ever watch uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm? No, I, I can't ever that. say that word. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Curb your enthusiasm. Fuck. <laughs> there you go. I can't say that word. Gets me tongue tied. Shit. It's embarrassing. I was I'm, like, God I damn it! I gotta say this word over the air. Enthusiasm. There you go. I think I've heard of it, but I haven't actually watched, watched it. that show. Just go back and watch. Is it, it on it's Netflix? So funny. It is funny. It's an old HBO show. I'm, I was about to say, Jessica, how you know it? But you the one told me about uh, Arrested Development. So, oh, have you ever watched Arrested Development? I haven't watched that. That motherfucking Buster, bro. Really? You gotta watch no, it. I've never seen if you it. like Seinfeld, you'll like fucking Arrested Development, bro. But you know, it's I like have you have to have. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. You have to have a different type Everybody. of humor to get it. Most black people that watch that shit be like, man, fuck this shit. This is corny because they, they judge everything. Like, they judge so everything funny. off Martin. So you gotta you gotta look at it from a different perspective. Well, man. that kind of dry humor is more self deprecating. Yeah, which is kind of my humor. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's good. But another thing, like we were saying about the, the costumes, I've seen pictures where people dressed up like Trayvon Martin. Don't fucking dress up like T- Trayvon Are Martin. Don't dress up like any black kid that gets killed. The one that was fucking really funny to me was they had a motherfucker dressed up like Ray Rice carrying a black doll beat up. That was pretty funny to me. I'm That's just fucked up. Why was that funny? I don't. I just think motherfuckers is just willing, but you know some of that should be creative, man. I just so that's what, and that's the creativity of it. I got my own creative one. I don't know if somebody took it, but I'll tell you in a little bit after we finish this, and maybe you guys can give me one of what you would like to dress up as. Another one I didn't fuck with, and I hate it. People was dressed up as white beaters, and people it was white people. It's always white people. They dressed up as Malaysian flight three seventy passengers, bro. <laughs> 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 you don't have any time. How do you even? How do you <laughs> dress like that? They dress. It was like they they were dressed like uh, some of the crew members and like some of the passengers and shit. It was like six people, Who man. This stuff? I don't like, fucking Halloween, know. man. But this is the best one that I. So before I tell y'all, if you had a Halloween costume that you picked out, what's like the most creative? If you can't think of one, you can just pass. But what is the most creative one? Oh yeah, I know you. She she done, <laughs> she done been Little Wayne. She done been Prince. And she every time Nissan, I've been it, Prince. Yeah, she's one of them. She's one at this little thing. So if you could be one this year, what would you do? I honestly don't know. Last year I was going to be Rick Ross, mm-hmm. but then I thought about how am I going to oh. pull off that stomach and tattoos? Yeah, I'll I mean, mind. I'm just saying. Um, I honestly I don't know because I like a lot of people think I put a lot of time and effort yeah. into it, and I promise you, I will figure it out the night before. MC Hammer, took yeah, you the suit did. Jacket, yeah, I, I, yeah. It up, and you had the glasses. Added some, you know, gold stuff to it. I've been wanting to be MC Hammer for a while. So who would you, I'm, who I'm would always you an MC 80s Hammer? rock act the last few years. Last year, I was Trinidad James. Um, <laughs> <You were laughs> the year before that, I was George Michael. The year before that, I was uh, 
I was Prince. Yeah. Um, Stop playing with that fucking thing. You're making noise in the damn speaker. My bad. I was like, what is that? This year, I haven't really thought about it. And I'm and I'm thinking about having a Halloween party at the house. Let me know, bro. I'm pretty sure. I I'm got going mine. To. I don't know how I'm going to pull it out, but. What are you going to be? I want it to be Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather he got, he's trying bold. to read a book. Oh. So I would be Floyd Mayweather with the pants and the thing, and I would tuck my hair in something to make me look bald, and I would have like a dictionary. Yeah, that's not going to work. And I would try to read. You're but I think that's a good one for somebody. Floyd Mayweather and you got a book. So when people walk up to you and you got on boxing clothes on on a robe, they can be like, who are you? And then you just pull out the book out of your robe and be like, guess. Oh. Floyd Mayweather. The motherfucker can't read. Hmm. That's a good one. Well, with this I beard, be I feel Floyd. like I can do something. Let me see. Um, a lumberjack, maybe. Uncle Phil. That's pretty obvious. Uncle though. Phil. People used to say I look like LeBron. Now they say I look like Uncle Phil. You can do That's Uncle what Phil. 60 pounds will do. To you. <laughs> um, <laughs> 60 pounds of meat. And Tell me when that highlight blink. And beer. <laughs> and um, listen up the game. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. Like, I, I could be, you know, because with Prince, I just, you know, I did a little facial hair. So oh man, it do seem one. like Prince you, is always a good one. I, it do seem like you put in some again. effort, though, bro. I mean, I, I want to be Prince with assless chaps. With chaps, with your ass assless. Out. Is it gonna be your real ass out? No. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna say it's going absolutely. Would it be someone else's ass? I don't know. I didn't would, know. If would, you would, would I borrow an ass? I mean, you know, they got those ass things where he's like, you get, you know. So you're just gonna go real high Are you gonna shave your ass? Hell no. Oh man, you finna fuck up some. You finna, you gonna definitely have to have that bitch at your house. Nobody, nobody's gonna allow him to sit down. Nick and I. Who? You? I can't cut my legs off because she's like yeah. four three. No, nah, you can't cut your legs off. You could do like Martin did when he played uh, Lil Roscoe. And I'm just... not gonna be on my knees all night. That's Ooh, not... we could be a yeah. Martin character. Jerome, shit. I can't make nobody, but Jerome would I be think a good I've one. Jerome in the past. You have? Like, I've, I haven't seen school. that. No, you haven't. It was back in high mm. school. I went to get old beauty shop, had that fresh curl set. And I was like, I ain't taking these out. You put curlers in? No, I, that's how my hair was. I used to go to the beauty shop. But if you ever noticed, with Martin, when Martin played Jerome, he always used to stuff a sock in his pants. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah. He always <laughs> stuffed. Like when he was fighting Cole, when he was trying to fight Cole over Pam in that drug corner with uh, <laughs> with, old boy, with uh, old boy and them, Habib. And he was like, uh, he was like, man, no, this young punk trying to roll up on me. He don't know I'm from the old school. Why did he do that? I don't understand. How, why Cole was trying to fight him? I mean, you know, Pimps is no. He was a pimp. He was a part of the character. Like, you know, he got the talk, he got the meat, he got the look. You know, it's a part of being a pimp. Mouth was raggedy. But he had a. But he was talking the women up. That's true too. He went on a date with Pam. I tell you what, what he, what did he call it? What did he call it? Pam, junk in the trunk. Yeah, what's up, junk in the trunk? What's up, junk? Your name must be Bunny, cause you look so fluffy. He used to have he the best one-liners. Yeah. yeah. Then he was like, I got more feels than a white man got tears. <laughs> I got that more was my favorite. Than a white man got that was my favorite, bro. That was my favorite. So we want to talk to you guys about cuffing season. Mm. Woo. Cuffing season. Does anybody know the definition of cuffing? Well, I mean, I think um, if we just looked at the actual execution of cuffing, we could just look at Cops, the show. It's when you lock somebody down. Wow. You put it. You put it. You, you know. You, you put them. You put them in restraints, so to speak. Well, when, when I'm thinking of cuffing, I'm thinking about locking that pussy down. It's all about. It's all about. It's all about the the climate. 
Anybody so want it to is. know what it is according to the Urban Dictionary? Well, what's Urban Dictionary say? Okay, so, so according to the Urban Dictionary, cuffing season, courtesy of Urban Dictionary, during the fall and winter months, people who would normally rather be single or promiscuous find themselves along with the rest of the world desiring to be cuffed gotta or tied steady, down gotta have that steady by a serious booty. relationship. It's got to have that steady booty, man. Is it because the weather changes? You've been hunting. It's all, all about weather. You've been hunting all summer long. It's climate. You gotta cut that roster down. But you never had the intention to find anything because the summer is way too hot to be tied down with somebody. Yeah, but you, I mean that's why you pick up a roster during the summer. Is normally when people get a oh, roster together. You choose one. You and start you, choosing. You gotta narrow it down. You cuffing you, season usually ends around spring break. Yeah, because you gotta get it. It's like you know, like no, like right now October November is kind of like preseason. You picking, you choosing, mm-hmm. going on dates. You kind of like, ah, mm-hmm. I don't like her. She talks too fucking much. She doesn't mm. give head. Mm. Oh, she don't bring no food. There's mm. no reciprocity. Mm. You got to chop them down. Mm-hmm. And by like December, well, probably by Thanksgiving, you got to have. Somebody, yes, you got to bring somebody to Thanksgiving. Holiday. You got to have somebody that's not too crazy to bring around right then, before Thanksgiving. Yeah, and, is you, when... and you have to have somebody to where you like. If I bring them over my house, or my folks gonna like them. And you know what? If this is this something that if it goes great, am I willing to commit? After this, because there's nothing wrong with committing to a cuffing season situation if it's a great prospect, and it's nothing wrong with cutting them done, you know, cutting them loose after when spring break arrives. But right now, it's preseason. You got like <coughs> fifty. You got you know, in NFL terms, you got like fifty-eight men on the roster. You got to get that so bitch down. You got to get it under the fifty. You got to get it to fifty-two. And the traveling roster is only forty. What forty-five? Yeah. Yeah, but what happens to the practice team? You gotta get rid of them motherfuckers. You gotta keep. I mean, you, you keep them. You keep, no, you, you gotta keep. Wait a minute. Yeah, the gotta, practice team yeah, still. You gotta keep them there. Gets, they just don't get paid as much. Yeah, you they got don't to. Get paid as much, but they do. You know, they, don't, they do not, good work. They Here, broke. They here's how work. I look at cuffing season, man. It's like I said. It's all about climate. You know, it's like it's. It's getting a little cooler around here in Dallas. Hey, it's pretty. Which it's, I appreciate. It was fifty-five this morning. Um, I haven't shaved my chest personally since last cuffing season, so. Usually, it's this about is about the time I, I start growing my chest hair out. Yeah, uh, but whatever, right? Usually, I, I say, okay, I'm gonna grow my chest hair out. My ball gr- hair is immaculate, right? Now. I'm gonna grow my facial hair out. I'm not shaving anything. I, ain't shaving I need either. that extra warmth. Yeah, That's the first thing. When 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 Amber, when I heard Amber Rose on Michael Rappaport and she said she liked men with her, I stopped shaving my balls. It's been about two months now. Well, like when you said, "Am I gonna shave my ass?" I'll slap you in the face before I shave my ass. <laughs> All right, I did that shit a couple of times in high school. That I was scratching my ass. Shit. I'm yeah. over here. Uh, yeah, that, that puts you in a peculiar situation. <laughs> I'm over with tough. a baby's ass. Niggas is like, what? <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's it puts you in a rough spot, man. Okay, well, so. You guys and, are men and I'm a and, woman, so I wonder if that changes with women. Like, you know, the Chubsters have been put on the scene as far as Rick Ross uh, and all the chubby guys. Yeah. I, you know, there might be too much body heat. I mean, me personally, because I'm an Amazon. So, so personally, I, like, what I, I like to do, bag of bones either. I like, I like <laughs> to have my air, I mean, my heat low because I'm somewhat cheap yeah. and I don't want to pay it. So it's like, <laughs> it's better that I have this. And, and that's the other thing, right? You don't work out as much. Yeah. You want to gain those winter pounds yeah. so that you can, you know, have some Cuddle. sustenance. Yeah. And um, some sustenance. <laughs> and so then you find the cuff. You find the the cuffed. Yeah. You find the cuffy, and so you got to find the one that you're going to cuff because okay, you can't. So in this situation, you you want to cuff someone who you're going to be the main source of heat. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm. Look at me. I mean, well, I'm I don't a fucking have a big I'm dude. I'm always the main source of heat. Touche, touche. And but you got to find. Your selection, though? Like, is cuffing season like, do you have, like, oh, I think I might want to get somebody who's a little bit thicker or versus, you know, you know slimmer? My, my taste in women is very fluid. Like, 
thicker, slimmer. Doesn't matter. Big ass, little ass, big tits, little tits, everyone a tit tit. Like, uh, it's all good to me. It, my, my, for cuffing season, anything goes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all about who is the right fit. Cuffing season. So are cuffing you are you more spontaneous during cuffing season, or is it like you know? Net, I think Netflix I think I think, chill, I think the way that feel. you described it was perfect, Anthony. Yeah. Is that you during the months of you know late September, October, maybe early November? You're you're going around. You're you're, you're trying to find the right one. So you're so usually you budget a little bit more money for those months for yeah. dates because yeah. Yeah. you're going to want to and go gifts. on a few more dates. Got to have some gifts. No, gifts are later on. Yeah, the Christmas. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. You just got to stock it away. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. And so what you do is you, you find that cuffy and then around Thanksgiving, you, what you said was perfect. Got to figure it out. Thanksgiving, you want that person that will say, oh, I'm going to be here with you or we're going to have the – Holidays. I'm yeah. gonna get you something nice. But if you're undecided, it's okay to have a, a two quarterback or two running back system, kind of like the Wildcat in the NFL with Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams. I'm with you. It's okay to kind of interchange them. One may pull a hammy, and you got to bring him in and have somebody else in, to right? So you got to. Motherfuckers travel during yeah, I mean, during the holidays. Hey, so they do. At what point do you ever get settled and say you are gonna be cuffed? Well, you, you around like November, Thanksgiving. But, you, but yeah, November thing. You know, around Thanksgiving. Okay, but so you basically have two months to really just say, "Hey, I think I'm done with you," because spring break's coming. Yeah, November, you well, got November, November, December, December January, January February. February. Usually, least, either at least after uh, Valentine's Day. After, 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 after it finishes snowing, after yeah. the cold weather. After some after some dudes snowing. that are just cold blooded, they'll end it right before Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. You don't want to have to pay for a meal or buy a gift if you don't fucking have to. I I. You know, I, those guys are the worst. And if you keep five on your roster, then you could cut them right before November. You could cut them right before Christmas. You cut them right before the New Year's because you don't want to spend no time with them. Because New Year's would be a lot of it'd be a, it'd be a gang that, of bitches that's the time out. To start fresh. New Year's it is a gang. But that's one of those guy. situations where, what, what's the word? You don't want to be the guy that's like I left all mine at home to get some new ones, and everybody's already. Teamed up it's on New like, Year's. On New a lot Year's, of times, it's teamed up. It's teamed up, but that's why you got to get around, man. You got to hit a couple of parties. That's man. true. That's I've been true, in. The, I, I've been. I've been. Yeah, I've been in the situations. On, on it's New a lot Year's. of people getting chose, but you go to the right. I mean, I think. I think it was like a couple years back. I went. It was like packed up. Parties were packed up, and I went. One of my homeboys called. It was at the W, and I went through the W. It was a lot out there. Do you racially profile during cuffing season? I don't give a fuck if you white, black, Hispanic. Latino. I'm kind of like if you green, like and you got long NYPD. hair and a fat ass and titties. I like green people. I'm like the NYPD. I racially profile. I'm looking for <laughs> blacks and Hispanics. <laughs> well, you do have to introduce them to your family. Yeah. If you're introducing them to your family, you know, white people depends. get too pale. Yeah, yeah, you, don't yeah. Want, you know their their tan goes away. Yeah, and if they do yeah. tan, it's like you know when they naked, they still like they got panties on because it's like white <laughs> around yeah. the brown. Yeah. So I do. I'm like that too. Like to me, I, Hispanic, I don't know what you're Hispanics I and black women go hand in hand. I'm like, I mean, I like them. They like the same thing to me. It's like you know, it's like a Uno card. I don't think if you flip the card over and it's two and it's green, and you flip it over and it's just the black and red, it's still a Uno card. That's how I look at it. Black mm-hmm. and Hispanic. They both like to cook. They bl- both full figured, full breasts. You know, they're attentive. You know, so it's you know, it's it's just difficult to bring a white woman home. My mom During is those meaningful times. My mom is open. But I never forget one time I brought, I brought, I brought a white a, woman I brought, home plenty of times. Yeah, I have too. And like my mom, she doesn't trip. You know, it's just like I don't never tell her, "Hey, I'm dating a white woman." I just bring them. My yeah. sister is white, so yeah, know. she is white. But she's a different breed. Yeah. And what I does think that we mean? We had a discussion like, if you ain't riding, is she from, from like, Sacramento? If you're not riding for my brother, like I can't talk to you. 
Yeah, but you got to be careful does. about white women because they can ride and die for you, but as soon as some shit don't go right, they can fuck your whole life. Well, I, she's a different breed. I'll say that. Well, that's good. Now, some of them before, I was going to have to make a trip. We're going to talk about some stuff, but it wouldn't have been a lot of time. But your brother is a huge dude. Like, I wouldn't cross that motherfucker. I remember I was like, I remember, I never He's forget. not that big. That nigga's like 6'9", 300 and some pounds. Not to me. He's 6'9", bro. I went and watched him do a, uh, what was that, when we went to a, a Dallas oh, Convention Center? Yeah, we were doing man. fucking strongman contests. He had like 2,000 pounds on his back walking. What? And he's 6'9"? Nigga, I walked into the house. He's one I, of those types. I met him That's one day. the biggest man in the earth. Yeah, what? I met him one day, bro. I went over there to see her. And this is too. What when I, think, I like and the very first When he came around, like, she was like, my oh. brother's here. I was like, all right. I never saw a picture of him. I came around the corner. And he was like, what's good, bro? And I'm like, who the fuck is this nigga? Like, I'm like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, maybe. Goliath-looking nigga. This, I said, he's man. Really he's a very, he's a very Shit. He's nice. He's a big teddy bear. He's a nice guy, but God. He's I mean, big. his stature is probably you. Motherfucker. And then when then her ex-boyfriend, I remember, you know, I always, uh-huh. look, I always, looked, know. I always looked out for her. And I was like, man, you know what? I got you. Don't know, don't niggas better not fuck with you, whatever. Because I, you know, I pretty much embraced her as a sister, knowing her for twelve years, first family, first friend I ever met when I moved to Dallas. She's like, "All right, Brandon's here." I came over there and I'm like, "Who the fuck? All right, I come meet this nigga." I'm like, "Whatever." I get over there, this nigga's like six seven, three hundred something. I said, "Man, he's ain't like, nothing well, I can do for you." Just, I said, and I told him, I said, "Bro, just don't." I said, "Just don't hurt her. <laughs> just don't hurt her." But if you do, I gotta shoot you, my nigga. I'm not fighting you. <laughs> this motherfucker look like he could have just been like, boom. Boom! Like hammered me into the ground. He was so big, Don't worry, but he was a big teddy bear too. Like I used literally, I used to use this nigga like as a rod. We'd be going bowling. He playing. I jump on his back. He just walk around with me on his back. I felt like a possum. You know, possum carry their babies on their back. I was like this nigga. I mean, I just ran on his back. He was big. Because you're like koala what six bears? one? Y'all was walking around like koala bears. I just walked shit. on his back. Hey man, he was like my Come big brother. Come on, up on my back, bro. Up on my back. He carried me on my for back. A ride, I'll bro. fall. <laughs> I'm gonna fall if you jump on my mother. Yeah, but her brother, man. I, I mean, it was crazy. And then it was another guy there when we went to that event, and he was like, he needed to stop. Like he was trying to carry the two thousand pounds, and he was walking. And a motherfucker started. First he was walking like that. First step was like yes. Oh, yeah. The second step was like whoo, I got it. The third step was like, bam, but that nigga was like, oh. He was like, oh. That nigga nose started bleeding. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Then he was on the side, bro. When he got to the side, like, I guess he had hurt his ankle. So his coach was talking to him, and all I heard was like, he was slapping himself to get him pumped to go to the next round. I said, if you've never had an opportunity to go to like a powerlifting meet, please go. I'll tell you this. I remember it's it's crazy. We were maxing out on squat. Or was it clean? One of the two. And the strength coach, I was like, you know, you, you you pump yourself up. And the strength coach, this dude just slaps me in the face as hard as he can. I said, what the fuck are you doing, bro? <laughs> yeah, man. But I was like, I'm psyching myself up. You fucking slap me. But I maxed out as big as big as I ever did. He, that was a fact. You can't slap me. How much me. was that? It was probably like 500 pounds. I got you beat. You personally? <laughs> she be squatting, bro. My cousin squats like nine hundred. ago, I'd probably get buried now, but you know. She yeah, she's strong. Cause she, what did you? What was? What very emasculating. <laughs> very emasculating. No, no, Thank no, no. you. It was because I was a thrower, so we yeah, she was yeah, heavy, she did you know, the throwing in the college. Yeah, that was the nature of the beast. So. Yeah, I just try. I, you know, when it's coming squatting, I just kind of level off. I got two, you beat. Two fifty. I'm good. <laughs> I'm gonna tuck my dick between my legs for the rest of this show. You can take it back. All right, I'm gonna tuck it out. Tuck it. Uh, so anyway, costumes that you don't want to wear. No, we on cuffing season. So you know, you, know, you skip all the way back. I went too Cu- far back. 
Cuff, cuff, cuff. Back cuff. So what do you? But when when you have a girl during cuffing season, like what are you looking for? Like is it like sex? Can they cook? Uh, no arguing over dumb shit. I think arguing is a big thing. I don't want to fucking argue during the holiday season. I'm too festive. That's a really good question. I haven't been in this cuffing situation in a while. Yeah. Because I had been in a relationship the last four seasons. Mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like a real career football career the last four seasons. So what am I looking for now, man? I just think, you know, good company, man. Is she like, nice? Is she nice? Yeah, out? can I stand her? Is she, you know, she going to treat me right? Is she going to treat my dog right? Murphy's, Murphy's a, big a big part of my life, you know, probably bigger than he should be. Really? Uh, which is kind of, I mean, it's sad, but whatever. Um, you know, I don't really care if she can cook. Will she at least bring food over? Um, I'll cook. You know, I'm you a pretty, I, I, I can cook. Are you open to love with the cuffing season situation? You know, I'm always open to love. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I used to think love was real. Until recently, man. I don't even know if I can love anymore. It's difficult. But I'm open to it if it came. The older I, I get, it's difficult, man. It's, it's hard to love, man. It's difficult. It's hard. Motherfuckers, ain't, motherfuckers ain't loving for the it's right reasons. It's hard to love so, someone new at this point. Yes, in man. I'm just like, I'm like the grumpy old fucking dude that says, get out of my yard. And the kid is on the sidewalk. And I'm just like, get <laughs> Don't even fuck. think about getting don't on this motherfucking yard. Don't even think about making me fall in love with you. Yeah, man. It's difficult, yeah, man. Yeah, but you would make that almost impossible. So you technically wouldn't. But I want it. I want it, but it's so hard. It's dangerous, you can't, like, man. Run her off. But love is dangerous. That shit is dangerous, man. Dudes That's don't. That's why it's worth it. But dudes don't bounce back like girls do. You sure don't. <laughs> we don't bounce back. I've been depressed for a year. <laughs> you, know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know. I mean, last time I got my heart broke, bro, I was like 245. I lost, like, nigga, I couldn't even wear my church slacks no you more. I didn't have a good suit. Didn't have a good suit no more. And I don't think your feet can lose weight, but I couldn't even fit my shoes. <laughs> I was like, this bitch has broken me. Like, I'm done. Broken. I was broken, bro. My lights got turned off. I was just one of them. You ever seen them commercials when a nigga just walk in the house and nothing works? It's catastrophe all around him, and he don't even care. He just walks straight in, and he's just like, ah, fuck it. Water's off. Who needs to shit? I don't need to flush it. I just shit in the toilet. I was fucked. You remember? You used to call me and be like, what I are you think, doing? I'm just saying, bad. You watching TV? Nah, fucking I've cable been like that cable a few times, bro. You've been sitting in the dark for the last Twice. eight hours. Cable ain't even on. Twice oh, in my life I've been like that. I'm like that now. Cable bump. Just cable. I mean, I think even my dick lost weight. And that's hard. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's hard to come back from with a skinny dick. I was depressed. depressed dick, you got problems. I was like, fuck, you need man. To, you, need to, you need to get yeah. your dick some fucking... I had, I had ED, man. I you got to get up, your bro. dick some fucking uh, counseling. Man. I was ED, man. I was, I, I was fucked. I, uh, you know, guys I'm with you, though. I'm ED now. They just don't bounce back. You just don't bounce back, man. I haven't fucking got because a full-on hard-on in, in three months. What'd you say? Because you thought it was like, this can't be. Like, what up? No, you just... I mean, when you open... As a man, when you become vulnerable, like, it takes so fucking much. It's like saying... I mean, it takes just as much out of us. Yeah, it does, but it's like y'all are emotional we'll creatures, it. so y'all find something in you to just get back on the fucking horse. If a horse fucking bucked me off and I break I mean, my shoulder, I'm not getting back on that I motherfucker. Think, I think the impact is still the same. It's just how you manage it. I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I've woken up with scabs on my eyes because I've been crying all night. But I knew I had Jesus to Christ, get, I had to get scabs, that done. scabs. Yeah, you are metamorphosing. <laughs> So, I, yeah, folks didn't even know. Jesus Christ. Mm. But I think, you know, that's as women, that's just I'm how we're... I'm going to fuck that nigga up. Not really. I can't do shit. <laughs> you know, 
I don't know, man. We'll see, bro. We'll see. We'll see who. Yeah, see, who yeah gets I mean, tough. that's all you can do. Know, it's not, it could be worse. I mean, you know, yeah, it could be but worse. At that I mean, moment, I'm sure you probably feel like this is the worst. I was listening to Dan Savage, and there was this woman on there, and it was like two. I think she had been dating this dude for two months, and he used to be married, and he had kids with this woman, and they were divorced. But I think he went to go get some shit from the house, and like he didn't go back to his wife, but he felt like, damn, did I make a mistake? And they, him and his wife, felt like, damn, did we make a mistake? So, like, he came back to the girl who had been dating for two months, and he was like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I don't know, whatever, whatever. So she had called in and left a message to Dan Savage. And, like, when I say, you can just tell, like, when the way she was talking on the phone and crying, it was like her nose was fucking snotty and all of this shit. And it was just like, she was fucked you, after mean, two months. Two months? Especially if it's been, like, an intense I'm telling you, man. I can't. In two months. In two months, I can't. I'm telling you right now. In two months, I can't fall for you. In two months, I'm probably fucking somebody else. If, still. if, if, if yeah, I'm just saying. That's first just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still fucking somebody else in two months. There's no fucking way I'm putting all my goddamn eggs in the The basket. only way that you're falling in love with somebody in two months is if you've already known them for like five uh, for years. Ye- that's what I'm saying. It would have to be one of them things where it's like you either rekindling something or you had a friendship and it's like you just, it just happened. But like two months, this is why I don't like to fucking start over. I'm just going to be real with you. Bitches got some bad smelling pussy out here. The hygiene needs to be on point. You have to go through to know if this girl's breath stinks. What is her hygiene like? What is her health like? What is she doing with her life? You got to figure out if her job, what, what kind of job do you got? All of this. You know what I mean? It's, some, it's a lot of unclean girls out here. I don't want to have to go through that. I don't know what girls you been <laughs> I mean, you just got to go through so much to figure out if it's right again. I mean, God. What are some of the things that you have to go through when you're dating a girl? I don't just trust them right off. At the end of the day, it's just like the worst part is not the smell of the vagina. I mean, you want to know who the person is, but you got to get to the hygiene at some point. I think most women have fairly good hygiene now. You would be mistaken. And uh, I don't know how much is out It's here. more of yeah. a personality fit. He's like, Kevin's in the background like, Kevin's no, like, this is stanky pussy bitches out here. He's probably messing with some young girls that don't know how to clean themselves. Right? Man, there's some grown women who think that they shit is supposed to smell like that. Ew. What? <laughs> they think that it's okay. First of all, let me just say this. My mother, God bless her soul. I got this she, beard I too, so that smells going to follow me all day. Yes, it's going to be sitting was, right on your was, chin. That was a key part yeah. of our lives. You can't get nothing clean if it's closed. You gonna have to open up the drawbridge. Oh, I mean, like <laughs> well, seriously, how, get, well, get in detail with this. that. I need a little. Detail. What does that? Mean? Yeah, I need a little detail. I can't talk to your mama about well, this. Well, you so have the labia majora, labia minor. Anyway, yes, you do. Um, you have so those three levels of vagina. You need to be able to know how to cleanse yourself, and you need to know when when you're a musty monster. Because I've musty been around growing sound like you talking monster. on Sesame Street. A musty monster. Must, <laughs> musty monster. That'll be the next. I mean, that funk. They just completely do not know because they have never been taught. I was taught, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times, you know, because I know some women like, oh, I don't so do you talk get down to the uterus? What if you, you just not, have a scent? No, what if you just have a scent deep. though with it? Something needs to change. What are you eating? So no like, one, so wearing? no woman should have no scent. It just, I'm, every first of all, everybody has everybody a different gosh. pheromones. That's what I'm saying. Out. Like I think it's a body thing. But, but if it's if if you walk up to somebody and they meet. If it smells like that Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee is fighting in the closet, I, exactly. There's something you got to check on. this something shit out. Has gone you have to figure it out. So you need to teach and tell them to, you know, learn about their body because that's the only way they're going to learn how to clean yeah. themselves. I, yeah. I just don't get it. There's what do you tell a girl with stanky vagina? Have a nice day. What if you love her? What if you just Nigga, fall in love with her? No, 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 no. That means what if I, you've never? That means I didn't fuck for like a year or six months. What if she made you hold out? And then I found out it was stanky. Am I in love? Would you help her? You're in love. You're deeply in love. 
I, I think I would find out too, man. You, I don't know. you can always find out. Just I'm go just lay in her lap. Lay in her lap during the movie. Lay in her lap. Lay in her lap. Man, I ain't never been around no just smell stuff that smells that bad. I'm, maybe I'm lucky. I, I mess with I mess with this. It was a, she was a stripper, and I fucked with a stripper one time, and yeah, well, and she was nice, and I was like, oh my god, she's amazing. But bro, when I say Man, how does the stripper have a smelly vagina? All I know is that's her job. All that's I know job. is when she took. The, I've never dipped out on a girl, but I when she went to the bathroom afterwards to use the restroom after we had messed around, I got my shit and I got out of there. That's awful. I love DVD uh-huh. at that time. We were still like really watching DVDs and shit. Like I love DVDs and everything there. You never, never had the intention of watching DVDs. Well, no, I didn't. Know, oh, of course I did. But you have to sell them. My, my hands, my palms are sweaty. sweaty. <laughs> it was making me uncomfortable to talk about smelling vagina. I mean, it's a possibility. But dudes, I mean, you got to watch with dudes too. I mean, I'm sure it's dudes. Mm-hmm. Have you Smelly ever messed balls. a dude with funky balls? I mean, it's a part. It's, it's a... I don't think you should be answering that question. I'm talking about. I'm talking about myself. Oh, okay. I was like, you better not answer this fucking. Question. Don't get me up to playing basketball. <laughs> But you know what? In high school, I did find some girls who liked it. It was white girls, but they wanted to give head after. I mean, I've gotten head after football practice. That's disgusting. For her. For me, it was great. I couldn't even come. Well, the way she was getting it in, you would have. Well. (laughs) Well. Yeah. But, I mean, guys got to have a good hygiene, too. You got to figure it out. I mean, it's it a balance. It has to go both ways. Yeah, yeah. wash your ass. That's what the name You do have to wash it. It's a lot of people that don't know. You need to like wash Like you the- she said, open that motherfucker. <laughs> and get there. Open you it up. Man. Wash behind your ears. Wash your navel. Yes, wash your balls. Your a lot of people don't wash the places that need to be washed. If you, you don't wash behind, your ears can smell like ass if you don't wash them motherfuckers. I never understood the wash behind your ears. Nigga, I shot some basketball one day, and I think I went and ran some errands, and I literally took my earrings out, and I wiped behind my ear one day, and I was like, God oh, well, damn. Well, yeah, if you, t- if you have earrings, then, yeah. Yeah, I was like, God no, damn. You could not smell have like a midget is those back there. Those are just there. those little nooks and crannies that you got to get in, you know? You have to. And your navel. Your, your navel. navel has a lot of dirt. Because it collects. Yeah. Unless you have an Audi. And Christian's in here rubbing behind his fucking ear. I hope that bitch smell like some Febreze. Okay. And he just like like really scrubbing back there. No, do you have to wash your beard? Like, do you shampoo? Oh, yes, I do. Hell yeah, yeah I shampoo this. Yeah, I wash it. Yes. That's all. It's the only hair I got left. So yeah, you got that in my ass. So <laughs> yeah, we shampoo both. You definitely, you definitely better wash that motherfucker. If you don't, it's gonna be a problem. Like, do why you wouldn't condition? you? Who do you need condition? Yeah, I use condition I on mine. I, I mean, it actually helps your, your I beard grow. I actually use Carol's daughter now. I've never used that. But I'm I've trying to get it. curls. You're trying to get curls in your beard? Yeah. You're going to no, look like a real fucking Memphis I pen. know, but I'm trying to get that curl pattern right. Your I'm trying to get to. I'm straight. trying to get number eight. That's because I've been using Carol's daughter. It ain't because you use Carol's daughter. My curl pattern. does not make your hair curlier. No, it does. It, it makes them away. set. Yeah. It keeps them set. Okay. Trust me. That it will do. As I do so well, it wasn't nothing like that. It ain't as far. Man, it wasn't nothing like that first time. She was in my math class. Long hair, brown skin with a fat ass. Sat beside me, used to laugh, had mad jokes. The teacher always got mad, so we passed notes. It started off so innocent. She had a vibe, and a nigga started digging it. Uh, I was a young and straight crushing, trying to play this shit cool. But a nigga couldn't wait to get to school. Cause when I seen them thighs on it, and them hips on it, and them lips on it, got me daydreaming, man. What? I'm thinking how she rides on it, if she sits on it, if she licks on it, make it hard for me to stand up. This time goes by. Based on the, you know how like, I know I could just tell certain reactions. I could tell the way she was reacting to some little shit. I was like, 
And if you say it to them, then they go off on you. They're like, oh, you, I can't just be mad. There's got to be. I was like, just give, you, give yourself a day or yeah. two. It's there. Next thing you but know. It's different. Not all of them react like that, though. And, no, if, you, and well, if you don't that know. That one I knew. And if you don't know, if it's close to that time, you know you can knock it down, too. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. If we hadn't had a big fight in two months, I would have been like, you might want to go get a pregnancy test yeah. because you might you haven't had a cycle. <laughs> you're late. <laughs> and that's that's a scary feeling, man. Yeah. You're late. If you're not prepared for that shit, that is a very, very scary feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang, I wanted to talk about the uh, when girls like you, they don't want to get you. They they want to hold the ass. We got three minutes. Out. We could get it in. Let's go. Let's let's make. We could we could tie it into next week. But we so there was a up. situation I was in where, um, maybe it wasn't me. Maybe it was a friend. I just don't remember. And it might not have been recent. It might have been a long time ago. Who knows? But I had a lady friend, and she, you know, we we're hanging out. And it's one of those things where women, when they say they like you, they don't want to give you no ass. But if they don't like you, they'll give you some ass. I don't get it. I want to know what's up with that. What do you have on that, Jessica? I think it's foolishness. Why the fuck would you give a nigga that you don't really want to be with some ass, but not the dude you really want to be with? It's miscellaneous. It's. I think what it comes from is like she doesn't want to give you ass too fast. That rhyme. I was just about to say that. (laughs) You don't want to give you ass too fast. What is that? So been over that ass too fast. What song was that? Yeah. Hey. And the thing about it is they want you they want you to like them for who they are and not for their vagina. And they usually the a lot of times they think if they give it up too quick, then you'll be like, Oh, she's just another one of those sluts. I won't like her. I personally think more of them if they give me some ass quick. I really do too. Like what's I, quick? Two or three weeks, a month. I mean, I don't really care. I mean, it's not that important as far as when, but like if we're in a situation where you've already looked. If you don't want to get there, don't put yourself in a situation. What's putting yourself in a situation? Don't be in my bed at fucking 12:30 at night. Yeah. Don't be in that motherfucker. Okay, so a woman who <laughs> my motherfucking bed is, is the dungeon. So she shouldn't respond to a WID at 10:30. On. She Oh look, man, you know what it is. Come over for man. dinner, you, you should have your ass is. out of there by 9:30. Yeah, you know what it is. Not man. 10 o'clock, not not 9:59. What time did dinner start? Uh, 6. Get your ass out of there at 930. You know and what it is. You better not. You better not come in my room. Because then you're what just setting me up. You know what it you is. You can get a tour. I'll show you. But, but past, past 10 o'clock, don't be good. Or oh, this is the song that needs to be playing if she come and answer that phone at 1030. So, I hope you guys enjoyed the show, man. Thanks, Chris, for coming out, man. Thanks, Jesse, for coming out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Always remember to inhale courage, to exhale success, and find your true cuffer for cuffing season. Pull out, man. You don't want you don't want them September babies. Yeah, you don't want that. And don't worry, and don't man, don't go buy magnums. If magnums is not what you really want. We got this. Bitch. The reality is is a production of Fishbowl Radio and Roberts Media Group. My team includes Artesia Swindle, Christian Evans, Gary Green, Brian Fuller, Jessica Henderson, and Gabrielle Johnson. I'm on Twitter at Sir Robert Poe. The show is The Reality Is. And if you like The Reality Is, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a rating or a review. And you can also email us at info at therealityis.com. At American Public University, 
we believe higher education is not one size fits all. That's why we offer 200 modern programs that build on your knowledge and fit your schedule. Because we believe universities should adapt to the needs of students, not the other way around. American Public University, within reach, without limits. Online classes start every month. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.